Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> well, good, because we are prepared. Man, you think I, I, I do not know our own promo. After, after 16 years, we might need to learn a new one. We could put it up for you, or we could do a new one. It has been 16 years. We could be, are you ready for all the positive changes coming your way? <laughs> it's like, you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Ord Energymon. And this is Tree Song. And we are actually live. <laughs> yes. Let me check my pulse here. I think I'm alive. <laughs> I was up until about 1 o'clock, mostly reading about all the stuff going on in the in climate Paris? news today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like... And that got me off on tangents of related topics, but... it's It's been kind of cool to me to, you know, like, have social networks because I have, like, two friends who are at the conference. And so, you know, they're um, live tweeting and live Facebooking and, like, you know, um, saying the good and the bad. And, you know, it's... It's not like I'm there, yeah. But it's like I have a spy there. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like. Well, it would be kind of fun if we had someone with the camera on their glasses and they're walking around. And we. I don't think that's allowed at a, you know, <laughs> Probably not in big events. <laughs> yeah, probably you'd reveal the security measures. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, but um, no. But yeah, as you may have heard, there has been a conference going on in Paris. And interestingly enough, hundreds of thousands marched for climate in a record-breaking day of action. Wait a second. I thought they weren't allowing. <laughs> I haven't heard this on the news, that they actually allowed a march. Yeah, well, they did a little bit. A lot of these marches they're talking about are from other countries. Well, some 785,000 people joined climate marches in 175 countries across the globe in what organizers are calling the largest climate marches in history i wonder how much of that happened because they didn't allow it in paris <laughs> yeah and it, so people are like well they're not allowing it there we better do it yeah <laughs> and then i have seen some very visual pictures of you know streets filled with people's shoes yeah that was okay. one of the big images that uh, was growing across the media was the shoes because they weren't allowed to march in a big you know, 200,000 person march. So they lined up a bunch of shoes. And then they also did people lined up, not in the streets, but on the sidewalk and mm -hmm. held hands. And they, you know, I don't know how, what happened, but they publicly announced that it was at one time and then they had it an hour earlier. So <laughs> I don't know how you like tell the people to show up an hour earlier if you publicly told everybody to show up an hour later. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, it's pretty the, sneaky. Um, so I think that basically from now on, whenever they announce it, the police will be there like, you know, five hours earlier to make sure. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll have it five hours later. You just, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just to get past. Them. But I mean, it was literally, um, you know, a chain of people holding hands all over the city. Yeah. And um, I forget how many people they said did it. But regardless, can you imagine, you know. Hundreds or thousands of people just holding hands uh, anywhere. 
Yeah, I think it says later here in the article, yeah, 10,000 activists held hands to form a 1.9-mile human chain along the intended march route. So they went to the route where the march was going to happen, and they held hands along the route since they weren't allowed to march. So I wonder how they actually did it. They were like, you invite 10 people and don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How do you how do you tell people to like show up an hour earlier for an event? I could see an hour later because, you know, you showed up and then you do nothing and then you do something. Yeah. But. They must have good networking. A qu- quote, across five continents, people have taken to the streets to demand that the, we change the way we power our world. Kumi Nandu, executive director of Greenpeace, said in a statement, in towns and cities across the globe, people have called for political leadership on climate change, end quote. More than 2,000 events took place on Sunday in cities like London, Sydney, Mexico City, and Vancouver. According to the BBC, marches also took place across the equator in Kenya, across a glacier in Chile, and throughout the Marshall Islands, a South Pacific island country threatened by rising sea levels. Ten countries broke records for all-time largest individual climate marches, with Australia and India leading the pack with some 140,000 participants each. Do you know why? Why? My personal opinion. Did you hear about the heat that happened in this summer? Yeah. In both of these countries? That's true. I mean, like, 134 degrees in Australia. You know? It's pretty crazy. And people do tend to take action on climate more when they've personally noticed the consequences. Melbourne and London claimed the largest marches with 60 and 50,000 participants each. By contrast, last year's People's Climate March in New York drew some 400,000 participants. Quote, As someone from Kenya, a country which is feeling the impact of climate change, it means a lot to see people from all walks of life, of every color and creed, speaking with one voice about climate change. Mohamed Adu senior climate advisor for Christian Aid, said in a statement, Today's act of solidarity is on an unprecedented global scale. The numbers of marchers in places not known for climate change activists shows the scale of the international demand for climate change, end quote. Yeah, this is the direction I think that these demonstrations are going to go in, is instead of having one huge march in one city, you have all of these big marches in a lot of cities, and you add them up together, and it's bigger than the one huge march would have been. <laughs> so do you think 200,000 people marching there versus 22,000 shoes mm. and you know hundreds of thousands of people marching all over the world, what do you think had the most impact? That's a good question. I feel like I kind of like the decentralized marches because then there's something happening in a city near you. Like... If there's only one event happening in Paris, then and, people and in the it's U.S. Not reported on. I mean, yeah, they won't even know. But if you're, you know, like let's say there was, you know, a big march in a nearby city here, we would hear about it, even if it wasn't on the news. People we know would see it. So I feel like this, it could, it may be a bigger impact having uh, it in local cities. I I don't know why, but I really like the symbolism of the twenty-two thousand shoes. Yeah, and I mean meant to symbolize those who could not march. The shoes included a pair of black shoes sent by Pope Francis and a pair of running shoes from UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon. In addition to the shoes, that's the 10,000 activists, 
held hands for the 1.9 mile chain. I like how accurate they are. They yeah. didn't say two miles. They said 1.9 miles. You know, I like that they actually was more active. Yeah. So. Now, ours, you know, it wasn't all beautiful, right? Hmm. Hours after the human chain disbanded, however, a small group of activists clashed with French, French police, chanting, State of emergency, police state, you will not deprive us of our right to demonstrate. Hey, that rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, probably they, they most, probably knew most chances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, of course, this is what media focused on. Mm. According to the media reports, protesters threw shoes and candles, which is unfortunate because those candles had been used as memorials to the victims of the November 13th attacks. At police officers who, of course, responded with tear gas and grenades. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> just like, <laughs> it's like, I throw a rock at you, you shoot me. That works. Yeah. Well, one of the most controversial things that happened, too, was the house arrests. They uh, house, did a house arrest of, I don't see it here in this article, but an estimated 24 or so activists who they preemptively arrested because they thought they were going to make trouble. So th they hadn't gone to the protest yet but they said you're arrested in your house because we think you're going to go to this protest i mean th these you know activists in response to the house arrest have accused the government of using anti-terrorist measures to suppress civil civil liberties yeah you know so quote all this makes us think that the state of emergency is being used as a way to shut us up it's <laughs> just end mm -hmm. quote a coordinator with Climate 21 told the Los Angeles Times. So. And we're not done. I mean, the conference is going on as yeah, we speak. It's ongoing. They had this march because they were doing a march at the beginning and a march at the end. I don't know if the international ones are going to do both ends of it now or if they just had the big hurrah at the beginning. I personally like that, you know, 200,000 people didn't fly to... France to march. Yeah. I, th I really think it's, you know, ridiculous that a bunch of people fly to, you know, protest a climate thing. Yeah. You know, it's like do something in your own town. Maybe the crackdown. Yeah. Maybe the crackdown in Paris was actually meant to reduce the carbon footprint and not just take away people's civil liberties. Yeah. The police just said, you know, we really want to figure out a way to help the climate activists. Yeah. You're not allowed to do protests. Therefore, it'll save the climate. <laughs> Yeah. Can you imagine if the government were that concerned about the climate? They said, okay, we don't want people flying into this country for demonstrations because we're worried about the climate impact. <laughs> <laughs> Just like. <laughs> it's like, sure, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, so this, this isn't just a cause for demonstrations. They're actually discussing some policies here. And some of the activists are reviewing these policies and, and saying what they think about them. <laughs> Unfortunately, the reviews aren't all that bright. Environmental justice groups are not impressed with expected Paris Agreement. Now, th this time we actually I mean, know... Not impressed is like taking it lightly. I yeah. mean, they literally issued a, a, a report calling it a crime against vulnerable communities. Yeah, that's the title of the yeah, crime against vulnerable communities. So it's, it's actually interesting. This time we probably know more than usual because they've got these uh, uh, INDCs, these predictions of each country about how much they're going to do for the climate. So we already know, even before they've officially signed it all, a lot about it. 
And they're calling the environmental justice activists are calling it a crime against vulnerable co- communities. And it's not like the environmental j- justice group is a small group. Yeah. The delegation consists of over 100 delegates from 33 groups and, you know, ranging from the indigenous environmental network to we act for environment justice. One of the, those groups, you know, the indigenous environmental network summed up the delegates complaints. Not only will the anticipated Paris Accord not address climate change, said the executive director, Tom Goldtooth. Now, that's a Native American guy there. <laughs> you know, um, It will make it worse because it will promote false solutions and not keep fossil fuels from being burned and extracted, end quote. So... Yeah, so the demands are brief but impactful. Mandatory community-driven emissions cuts... Serious commitments to keep fossil fuels in the ground, strong human right protections, and rejection of false solutions such as fracking and so-called clean coal. So this is, I consider this to be the real climate conference. You know, the the people who were sent by the government and the corporations to talk and wine and dine together, that's all just the fluff, you know. The the environmental justice activists getting together and deciding The people who are directly impacted yeah. are saying how can we make this not happen yeah because these are people who they're in front lines communities that are being impacted severely by climate change so they've got a serious stake in figuring this out whereas all the people at the climate conference uh, many of them it's an abstract idea like, oh i've been sent to you by my government to maybe find a solution but these front lines communities have a bigger stake so here's a, a quote from them uh the group's predisappointment in the talks is stark. At the COP21 in Paris, a global climate agreement is anticipated and falls far short of the actions needed to avoid global climate catastrophes. Inadequate action and false solutions will result in extreme consequences for the planet that will have notably disproportionate impacts on the people of the global south, as well as working class communities, communities of color, and indigenous and marginalized peoples living on the front lines of the escalating climate crisis. Now, I did want to mention, if you would like to receive uh, full detailed information of what we're talking about with links and videos and pictures, um, you can subscribe to our newsletter, basically the stuff we're talking about here, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. And I heard you can like send money via email, and you can also send complaints and kudos and you know other things besides just saying, I want to sign up to your email list so yeah indigenous people are on the front lines of climate change where's the media coverage hmm. hey let's cover it yes Aren't we're we covering media? It. let's do it <laughs> all media. right the rest of the media isn't covering it so here we are on wdbx coverage of the paris climate talks largely concentrates what uh, diplomats will or in our case won't do <laughs> at the conference there's also some focus on the protest But few stories center on the people whose lives are already most affected by climate change. Sure, there are some stories here and there about small island nations literally going underwater and stuff. But those antidotes are most often used as a color for the background of a bigger story. It's not like frontline communities aren't fighting climate change. But part of the obstacle that vulnerable communities face is that people don't always pay attention. Indigenous, in, let's see. 
I lost my place. Oh, okay. Well, indigenous women across the Americas have been organizing to defend their lands and waters <coughs> well, for hundreds of years, really. Uh, yet we rarely read stories that showcase their struggle. That's why feministings Juliana Brito Schwartz launched a, a short series called Bearing Witness, which envisions climate justice amplified. Indigenous communities and allies have long been fighting powers ten times their size in order to defend our planet. But for their movement to work, people outside of it have to bear witness. When attacking big superpowers like this, it's not enough for a few people to get arrested for blocking a coal ship for a few hours. Those two people who get arrested need 50 more people standing on the loading dock in solidarity, 100 more people tweeting and Instagramming about it, and thousands more signing online petitions, calling legislators, and exploding the reach of their message. You know, I, I realize that song, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, left out The Revolution Will Be, you know, Facebook tweeted, Instagrammed, yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blogged. <laughs> Yeah, because that's, I mean, nowadays, that's how you get it out to millions of people. And when millions of people are watching and taking the lead from those most affected, global leaders will have to listen. And I like this because it's a way to have indigenous peoples and people on the front line still take the lead, but then they get the support of other people who are allies who hear about it online or on the news, if it ever eventually makes it into the news, other than WDBX. Bearing work... Witness, for example, looks at the work of the Garfana women in Honduras who are at risk of losing their communities due to more frequent and intense storms along with rising sea levels. The resulting desperation motivates Garfuna men to migrate to the U.S., leaving women behind, wrote Brito Schwartz, to take up a tremendous amount of work. The series wraps up soon, and you can read it in its entirety on Feministing? Like Brito Swartz, you can also think about the way we consume stories about climate change by deliberately paying attention to those stories on whose stories are being told and whose realities are being left out of the frame. So, Yeah. You know, it's good that they're collecting those stories. Because, I mean, even, even I, as someone who is consciously aware of the importance of paying attention to those stories, it's, it's sometimes hard to find them. If they're not in the mainstream media and you don't know the right websites to go to, and unfortunately, you kind of need those stories to be done because a lot of these communities will be wiped out. Yeah. So not only do you need to know stories of their you know, fight to survive, you need stories of you know, their history and town or you know, community. Yeah. So. so in some more news here, most Americans want a global agreement on climate. What? <laughs> this actually was kind of news to me, but they is, did a survey. Is is most um, like fifty one percent? It's just like <laughs> no, <that's laughs> that a is a most. That I is mean. a most. So this is a little more than that. So, as Republican leaders herald Congress's power to hinder a global climate deal, most Americans say the U.S. should join an international treaty requiring America to reduce emissions, according to a new poll. What does most mean? So, in this case, most means 63%. Whoa, okay, that is more than most. Yeah, that's like, you know, almost two-thirds there. So, the New York Times and CBS poll, released on Monday, also notes that 63% of Americans favor limits on carbon emissions. The poll comes as delegates from nearly 200 countries are meeting in Paris <laughs> in hopes of negotiating a climate deal, puts the world on track to limit global warming to no more than 2 degrees Celsius. Now, some of the island nations in particular want to keep it down to 1.5 degrees Celsius, so, you know, they don't flood and go underwater. 
So many scientists believe that global warming would be irreversible and cause catastrophic effects beyond this threshold, or possibly even blow it. So, I mean, this particular survey, you know, puts the American public in line with the international public opinion. A recent Pew Research Center poll across 40 countries found that 78% of respondents, quote, support the idea of their country limiting greenhouse gas emissions as part of an international agreement in Paris. So at this point, if the politicians and the leaders don't actually do anything, in, they're not listening to their people. Yeah, they're definitely not listening or to their people. Or what they're listening to are their people who pay their bills. Yeah, <laughs> they're listening a little bit to the other voters, but then someone gives them a multi-million dollar campaign contribution. Well, I mean, it doesn't even have to be multi-million. I mean, it yeah. could be $10,000. $10,000, yeah. Like, That's part of what shocks me about some of the, the corruption in campaign financing is sometimes, you know, a corporation will pay a few thousand dollars to a candidate and then that candidate will vote for legislation that gives the corporation millions of dollars of tax breaks. It's just absurd. So that's the global picture. Yeah. That's the United States picture. Meanwhile, the political picture is... For the past few days, Republican leaders have been ramping up attacks against President Obama's Clean Power Plan, which seeks to reduce carbon pollution from power plants. Republicans in Congress expressed their opposition to any international agreement they say would hamper the nation's energy industry. And many, well, the nation's energy industry is now like renewable energy. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. um, get with the program. I mean, that other stuff is so 1950. Yeah. So they're the ones hampering well, the energy industry by holding back the solar and wind and water. Now, that's us talking. Yeah. Monday's poll, however, suggests that most Americans are even willing to pay more money to help reduce global warming. About 55% of respondents say they are willing to pay more for electricity if it was generated by renewable sources like solar or wind energy. That's in spite of the fact that only 14% of respondents said they worry a great deal about global warming or climate change. So it's interesting. We have it that we want renewable energy, but not because of the climate. Mm -hmm. And I've always said that, that environmentalists are really pushing, you know, people should go solar for the climate. But we should go solar because it is the only renewable energy resource or the only energy resource that's actually affordable to install. Mm, yeah. We can't afford at this point to install anything else as far for electricity production with or without subsidies. You know? Yeah. So very interesting. Mm hmm. I'm feeling all energized inside. <laughs> yeah. People think renewable energy rocks, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of energized, we could get to this one quick while we still got time for news. A new global alliance signs on 121 sun-drenched countries to fund solar power tech. India's prime minister has just announced the banding together of 121 of the world's warmest countries uh, to invest in solar power technology and use it to connect the one billion people in the world who are living without electricity. That's actually a no num low number. The one I saw recently was 2.3 billion who have intermittent or next to no electricity. Yeah. 
So So this might actually affect some of them too. So this this was detailed at the 2015 United Nations Climate Change Conference, just currently underway in Paris. The announcement was made alongside reports of a new multi-billion dollar African alliance to fund clean energy access across the continent. And a pledge from Dubai to generate 75% of its energy from renewable sources by 2050. Wait a second. Dubai has oil. Yeah, Dubai has oil. Even the oil barons are getting in on the <laughs> solar like, now. It's cheaper to do solar than to power it. Okay. Yeah. Well, and a lot of it, too, like, I mean, they're getting in on it for economic reasons, I'm sure. But a lot of the countries that don't currently have electricity in certain parts of the country, it's like you were saying, you could either build massive coal plants and hope that you've got enough coal to burn them, or you can install solar and it's much more direct and easy. Now, I mean, India has actually forking out significant money to establish the Alliance headquarters in India, and then will focus on raising money to put towards renewables. India has also pledged to generate 40% of its electricity using renewable energy resources by 2030. So, so Yeah, so get, with all of this new electricity coming on the grid... Having that be cleaner energy instead of coal, oil, natural gas, that can have a tremendous climate impact. But, of course, we'll still be having a a negative climate impact if we keep burning fossil fuels. Like, you can't install a bunch of solar and then still keep increasing your fossil fuel use, too. (laughs) That's just going to... Well, the fossil fuel use is not going to increase. I mean... I mean, we already know that that's not happening on a worldwide basis. I mean... um, but our energy use is increasing, mm. and so renewable energy is pretty much the only option. Yeah, it's the only way to do it without a tremendous climate impact. All right, holidays. Um, it's repeal day. The Twenty First Amendment ends prohibition. Mm. I'll drink to that. All right, <laughs> just like. <laughs> um, and Krampus Nacht is also coming up. You've heard of Santa Claus. Uh, Krampus is the one who brings you the coal and you're naughty. <laughs> I had recently read a story, of, like was that where like a bunch of um, a bunch of soldiers were in a foreign country, and they they you know all these poor kids, and yeah. so they collected a bunch of toys and stuff, and then they heard they were getting shipped out. So then they went and delivered the toys before they got shipped out, and it turns out to be Krampus. Krampus knocked. Knocked. Yeah, <laughs> so it was in Germany, and you know. World War Two or one? I don't know. Probably mm. one. Mm. So, all right. Is there anything else good in here? There's a lot of days. Pearl Harbor Day, National Brownie Day, Take It in the Ear Day, <laughs> Human Rights Day coming up on Thursday. Don't skip that one. December is Write a Friend Month. So get one of those. I highly recommend uh, a website called Post Crossing. It's like the old. Um, we call it pen pal thing. You write a postcard. You, they receive a random um, message. I mean, address. Yeah. Uh-huh. You send a postcard, and then w- once they receive, you know, for every one you send, then you'll receive one from a random person. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's so, fun. Yep. So I've sent out five so far and haven't received any yet because <laughs> they just start. Someone in Russia received my first one. Mm-hmm. You know, so it takes a while. Yeah. All right, happenings. The Carbondale Community Farmers Market, Saturdays, 9 till noon at the Carbondale Community High School. You know, in in addition to being a source for local foods, farmers markets, of course, are a hub of community activity. I like going there and just, like, 
waiting for everybody I know to show up so I can just say, hello, I haven't seen you in a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, um, so the, the Carbondale community high school will have the, you know, the, it's the winter farmer's market. So, um, and not only will they have food, but they'll also have events. And so local artists, locally made skincare, and on Saturday, December 12th, students from the SIU's art department will be hosting an art sale. So, yeah. This weekend, the market will host the worm farm demonstration. Ooh, that's exciting. I've got what? a little worm farm in my own house. <laughs> it's like, how do you get the worms to grow the vegetables? <laughs> yeah. You do? You got to train them well. <laughs> yeah. Just like... no. Well, the worm, you know. <laughs> I mean, maybe this isn't what they're talking about, but it's like the worm farm I have that you feed them stuff and they create compost for you. There you go. Yep. So that'll be tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah, so. it will include hands-on tutorial for how to build the bins, provide handouts on regarding what and how much to feed your worms, and so on. And it's, it's great. I, I, I love our worms. We call them a part of the family. <laughs> Do you name each one? Well, we name them individually and collectively Joe. <laughs> okay. I was just like, because, I mean, there's like lots of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, we can't tell which one is which, so we just gave them all the same name. <laughs> just like. So here's a big event coming up. This is the only local action I've heard about related to the Paris Conference. Time for Action on Climate Change. It's Saturday from noon to 1 p.m. at the Carbondale Town Square, corner of Illinois and Maine. <coughs> this is sponsored by the Peace Coalition, the SIU Sense, Safe Southern Illinoisans Against Fracturing Our Environment. They all invite the public to the vigil, Time for Action on Climate Change from noon to 1 p.m. at the corners of 13 and 51 here in Carbondale. Lights Fantastic Parade. I, what I tend to do is look up, because when you turn off all the lights in the city, you can see the stars. Yeah. So I, it's like kind of cool for me to walk around the city when they turn all the lights off. But then you also get to see everybody, you know, lit up festively. Saturday is the Lights Fantastic Parade at 6 p.m., but, of course, that means you should get to town about 4 p.m. because the whole downtown gets locked down because everybody shows up. Yeah. There's a lot of pre-parade activities, 4 to 6, and there is shuttles available both from the University Mall and the Murdell Shopping Center. And this year, they're going to have reindeer at the Town Square Pavilion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wonder if they'll be flying reindeer. You'll have to show up to find out. Yeah. So it looks like we got time for one more happening here, and it's a good one. The Southern Illinois Alternative Gift Fair. It's coming up on Sunday from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Carbonale Civic Center. Enjoy a mindful holiday, engage our community, help create a just economy, and make a positive impact on the world with our consumer choices this season. It's a great event where they've got all these local nonprofits with tables. I absolutely love the concept. Can, yeah. The concept is, you know, basically you, you give money to a nonprofit and you get something, it could be a, you know, a toy, it could be, you know, a picture, it could be, I'm buying, you know, a month's supply of toilet paper from the Good Samaritan house, Yeah. you know, mm -hmm. for them, and you get a gift certificate or, you know, a card or something, and you give that to somebody. So you're buying a present, you know, yeah. from a nonprofit to give to somebody. So it's like a three-way, you know, present. Yeah, the word synergy comes to mind, because you're benefiting so many at once with one act, because of yep. all these things working together. You know, community benefits, you benefit, your friend who you give a gift to benefits. 
So once again, that is coming up on Sunday from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it used to be at an area church, but it outgrew that. So it's basically the biggest building in town, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at the Civic Center, 2 to 5. If you have an happening you want to happen, send it to us, the happening guys, at info at yourcommunityspirit.org. We are live and local and also on the internet. Mm-hmm at wdbx.org. Yes, so shout out to all of our internet listeners, too. So we will see you here next week on the radio. In the meantime, enjoy all of the fun, wintry festivities.